This is a Lip Media Podcast. Hi everyone. Today I'm bringing you an episode that I recorded last year and just didn't get around to posting it because COVID-19. So my guest today is Brie Turner. Brie is a gender and sexuality researcher and a published author. And when I caught up with her last November, we talked about consent in intimate relationships, body autonomy, and a little bit about feminism. Now, here's a trigger warning. In this episode, we talk quite a bit about sexual assault and sexual harassment. But I'm really excited to finally bring you this episode because Brie is very funny and very cool, and she talks about big and difficult ideas in a really easy way. Enjoy! This podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. This is Amrita, and you're listening to Heckin' Concerned Podcast. Hi, Bree. Hi. Welcome to Heckin' Concerned Podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a real pleasure to have an expert <laughs> of your stature. Thank you. You're a published <laughs> author, uh, a researcher. A performance artist, a lecturer at university, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and a communications and marketing expert. Yeah, let's go with that. You you make me sound amazing. So <laughs> well, you are. Um, what were all of the different subjects that you were lecturing in at university? Okay, so um, there's uh, public relations and communications, families, relationships, and society digital technology and social change. And in the past, I have taught uh, international gender politics. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And what are you, you're not teaching now, but you're doing your research for your PhD. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I finished for the semester and I am focusing on my PhD or revisiting my PhD. And the working title is The Act in Activism, How Women Perform Feminist activism on social media and why that's amazing and interesting um social media has been for me personally a real revelation in what kind of feminist i am Mm -hmm. it's taught me a lot about body positivity it's taught me a lot about my position on a lot of different issues it's taught me to identify when something is not feminist whereas i wouldn't have thought of that before Mm. but because i've read people's um you know, not just articles online, but status updates or Instagram little graphics. It just sort of keeps accumulating. Yeah. What is your relationship with feminism on social media like? Mm. I think that since I started uh, this research project, which was um, 2016, mid-2016, it's changed significantly. Uh, I've developed different archetypes um, of, of feminist activists online and um, I, I can say over the course of this PhD, I have identified with every single one, you know, mm-hmm. in my life. So there might be the person who passively engages. She's a bit of a Beyonce feminist, you know, pop feminist. <laughs> I love um, that. Yeah. Um, and she's there to learn um, and she'll get things wrong, you know, often. I've been her before. Um, and then there's people who are motivated by the work that they do. They're quite immersed in um, 
political activism. They'll participate at rallies or, or things like that or, you know, and I, I've been more more active as well and combative and, and been able to defend myself in those spaces or, um, yeah, be, be a little bit more active. So, yeah, I've, I've been them all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I identify with, with those as well. Mm-hmm. I also think that as I've grown as a feminist, I've also got a much uh, more compassionate attitude towards um, boys, men. Uh, my appreciation for the many evils of patriarchy and the many pressures <laughs> on boys and men has also yeah. grown yeah. quite significantly. Yeah, I think that there is um, a, a push for us to, I guess, embrace men a little bit more and, and um, address what is like often referred to as toxic masculinity and realize that we can there are aspects of men that we can embrace like their softness their gentleness and encourage and nurture and things like that but then there's also I do believe space for us to still hate men (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say yeah (laughs) you know despite all of the compassion Mm. and you know the milk of human kindness oozing (laughs) from me for men yeah I still have a lot of trust issues with men because the reciprocity is not Mm. there I feel from Mm -hmm. enough men as yet yeah the real understanding of feminism and and Mm. the evils of patriarchy and the Mm the systems of oppression and, yeah. you know. So I feel like women um, do what they've always done or mm-hmm. at least feminist women mm-hmm. are doing it now, which is understanding the issue but then also being like the mm-hmm. empathetic, nurturing people because mm-hmm. we've been yeah. designed or conditioned since mm-hmm. we were kids to always see the other person's perspective yeah. or be nurturing. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm not seeing a lot of that being reciprocated yeah. from enough men. Well, I think men need to acknowledge that they are victims of the patriarchy too. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, it is systemic. They are being oppressed um, as not as much as, certainly not as much as um, women and non-binary individuals or, you know, anyone other than cisgender men, I guess. Um, but But they are, you know, it encroaches on all of their, the way that they navigate the world, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm a straight person and I date men mm-hmm. and I um, have been sorely disappointed mm. in my <laughs> dating life, <laughs> trying to find that one kind of, I mean, not the one, but trying to find somebody that is suitably sensitive, I think. And mm. there's been a lot of woke boys, <laughs> but then something pricks their you know, yeah. um, something pricks their inflated sense of yeah. wokeness and it all comes crumbling down. Oh, absolutely. And it, you know, it just shows such a undeveloped core mm-hmm. that I feel like the the, in, the personal growth isn't really there. I think it's just that people are adopting these buzzwords or... Absolutely. They they almost use it against you or use it to get use what they want. Use it to want, get... I've know. certainly yeah. been on dates where the exhibition of wokeness is to attract, uh, mm-hmm. you know, people. And then it's not actually... It's not there in practice. Yeah. You know, they, they know what to say. Um, they know how to embody mm. from observing... I guess, um, and yeah, use it to their 
advantage. That sounds so evil, but it's true. Well, it's true. And it's not, you know, like a scathing indictment on all men. No. And this is something that, you know, when I've been out with cis men, um, this is something that everyone gets, you know, up in arms about still not all men oh god (laughs) and it's it's you know it's been going around for years Mm -hmm. but it's still on a personal level oh absolutely it's affected my dating life yeah i feel like this awareness of um patriarchy or even in the aftermath of the uh the sort of highest point the zenith of the me too movement a lot of people started other conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, so allegations of sexual abuse and uh, misbehavior, workplace harassment, etc., started other conversations like, okay, so that's the extreme, but what are the smaller microaggressions that happen mm. on a daily basis? And what the, the awareness that men have got away with so much... Mm-hmm got people starting to think about what are the tiny things that men get away with every day yeah yeah for example we we you know we talked about it a bit earlier uh off offline that Mm -hmm. the aziz ansari story really demonstrated Mm -hmm. it was swept up in the me too Mm -hmm. uh, movement but it was a different topic it wasn't really harassment it was more that not understanding Mm. what enthusiastic consent means yeah was the topic that everybody sort of latched on with that story yeah yeah absolutely yeah so that happened I guess uh when there was an influx of calling out male celebrities in light of the hashtag me too uh moment and movement I guess as part of the larger me too movement and yeah I think what that highlighted was a real lack of education education around consent um, and negotiating and having healthy relationships Mm. so grace's story yeah uh, so many people could relate to that so many people have shared that lived experience Uh, i'll say so many women have shared that experience Um, but also i think so many men too you know um from the perspective of as is you know like they would have been like, whoa, I thought that that was normal, you know. It was quite a scathing and humiliating piece for Aziz and I'm not – that's very generous and I'm not meaning to um, empathise or sympathise with um, him in that scenario, but I certainly wouldn't want to read something like that about myself. I think we can acknowledge that. But, yeah, what what that Mm. has highlighted is, you know – men need to have they really need to go and do the work to learn how their behavior can impact um, the people that they are interacting with and learn what enthusiastic consent looks and sounds like and feels like and recognize that they are not entitled to sex or anyone else's body Mm. or even time god like haven't we had yeah (laughs) so much of our time being sucked by people who feel like entitled to it absolutely yeah i feel like aziz ansari is not absolutely not alone in Mm. misunderstanding what consent means or misunderstanding the dynamics Mm. of 
a sexual mm -hmm. experience with somebody and we've like what i said before woke mm. boys like he mm. was like a poster child for the woke boy he, oh my goodness you he know had, he wrote books on it he wrote books on it he is a self-proclaimed feminist and he wore a time's up pin <laughs> on a red carpet i mean he had yeah. and i don't think that was performance necessarily but i think that mm. it is this this exact problem which is mm. that a lot of people don't understand how deep mm. and how nuanced mm -hmm. the problem of patriarchy and oh, absolutely. Um, and you know unequal power structures is mm -hmm. which is the million tiny ways in which women feel pressured mm -hmm. in any situation to mm -hmm. put aside tiny mm -hmm. little hesitations they yeah. may have or whatever and just give in mm. to men in a professional in a personal environment yeah. In your family, with your male relatives, mm -hmm. for the sake of peacekeeping, mm -hmm. for the sake of like, okay, let's just get it over and done with. Like, yeah. women equally have not been allowed to develop the faculty to take a step back in any situation and think, what do I really want yeah. right now? Uh, and yeah. men also have not, you know, mm -hmm. what what does she really want? What does he really want? Mm -hmm. What do I really want? Yeah, people are still playing out roles absolutely rather than personal desire absolutely yeah um that certainly hasn't been nurtured in women our capacity for desire and our ability to say yes i want this or no i don't want this you know and actually understanding like what what it is we want because we have had um our sexualities um and identities uh projected onto us from a very, very young age. So, I, I mean, we have no knowledge of who Grace was in that um, story. I, I don't believe that she ever came forward and identified herself. But let's say there was a power <laughs> imbalance happening there. Aziz uh, is a very wealthy, uh, famous, widely liked person. Um, so to be in that situation in, you know, say his beautiful New York apartment, you know, I think it was in the same complex as Taylor Swift. So, <laughs> um, you know, you might think in that situation, I, I should want this. Mm. And often we don't feel empowered enough to be like, you know what? Not for me. Yeah. And I feel confident and safe enough to assert not wanting this like okay Aziz Ansari is a famous person but heck mm -hmm. I've been with people that are like absolutely not famous in any way could mm -hmm. never be famous are just mm -hmm. ordinary people and they've still behaved exactly the same yeah dickishly with me and I've been mm -hmm. in situations where I didn't know better or mm -hmm. I sort of was still nice for example I once went on a date with my Uber driver in New York wow and after the evening went out I said goodbye to him in a very civil way mm -hmm. and he reached over and forcibly kissed me mm. and instead of punching him in the face I hopped out of the car and still said okay goodbye uh, have a nice evening yeah. Yeah. very politely and yeah. gently shut his car door yeah and walked off or I've uh, you know had sex with somebody who was also quite like Aziz Ansari not really mm -hmm. taking no for an answer and mm. you just think okay this is what sex is like yeah. you just quell that voice in you that says stop and you think mm -hmm. okay this must be what it is like it's just a kind of wrestling 
Uh, you give in. <laughs> I think I think that comes down to um, the way that we've been taught uh, that sex is something that women give and men are entitled to. So we don't feel uh, empowered in that moment, in, in moments like that, to reject their advances or, again, say I'm not enjoying this but also our personal safety how many times when you have asserted yourself in some way are you met with disappointment or anger you know I think that that's a pretty common experience yeah I've been watching a lot of Terrace House lately I don't know whether you're a fan but it's a Japanese reality tv show it's similar to, say, Big Brother um, meets Gogglebox meets a dating show. (laughs) It's got all of the things. And um, three men, three women enter a share house and live together. And a lot of their motivations are to find a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And it's so interesting watching the way that the men kind of pursue women and how passive a lot of those women are in terms of um well they've asked me out on a date um so I must go and certainly like throughout the series they end up asserting what they do and don't want but I couldn't believe that like just because they were asked out on a date they felt like they had to go yeah I don't know what that's about but I I think for a lot of women perhaps we we have felt in the past just say yes I don't know when this opportunity will come up again yeah everything is an opportunity Mm, right we've been conditioned to think that even if something isn't quite right just Mm. go and see just go and see yeah it it doesn't take a minute to say no afterwards yeah just go and see yeah or we've been told that it's shallow to dismiss somebody based on Mm. an initial yeah assessment which Mm. is you know like I had a Two-minute conversation with him, he was boring. Yeah. No, that's shallow. Yeah. Um, but this, whether or not that's an accurate assessment of the person isn't mm. the point. The point is that women's um, ability to say no mm. to situations has been very underdeveloped mm. because of the way we've been raised mm-hmm. to constantly be the peacekeepers, constantly keep yeah. other people happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're oh, right. Absolutely. You know, like in that situation where I had, you know, it wasn't conscious, but mm. I didn't want to tell the person I was with that, hey, you are not listening to me and mm. this is not what I want because I was like, oh, he'll get offended. Yeah. He'll get sad. He'll get mm. annoyed. And these are all unconscious mm. processes happening in the brain. Absolutely. Yeah. Whereas that person didn't think anything about violating my Mm -hmm. boundaries Mm -hmm. or for example this is going to get very personal but we are talking (laughs) about sex yeah so (laughs) why not okay in the middle of the thing once I said stop I need more lube Mm. and he knew that I wasn't very experienced and he said oh why do you need more lube you don't need more lube it's okay and he kept going Mm. and I thought maybe he's right Mm. and maybe I'm just nervous so okay I'll go along uh, mm. And I think, like, when people hear this, they, they might feel like, oh, that's bad. But this happens every day on a daily basis between, 
if you don't know the person you're having sex with versus if you've known the person you're having sex with for a long time or Absolutely. been having sex with them for a long time, mm-hmm. it still happens. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, very common and uh, very normal. I think things, uh, situations like that absolutely happening. And I think that that's a perfect example of how women um or body autonomy full stop gets ignored mm. in those situations how the hell would he know what you need in that moment yeah he's not you yeah it's not his body fuck that guy yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah no I'm never gonna fuck him yeah. again <laughs> um, yeah don't fuck that guy <laughs> no but it, it it's like this idea okay so for example in Aziz Ansari's story Grace said that she was kind of into it, but then she wasn't. Mm. And he said, okay, and he backed off, but then he went back in mm. and started making advances again. Mm. I mean, this is so common. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's like when yeah. my dog is trying to get at my toast mm-hmm. and I say to him, <laughs> no, he sits down. But then five minutes later, he's trying again, again. like opportunistically yeah. to get back in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that is uh, accurate. <laughs> yeah, gosh. It's like, just, I'll just keep going until I get the yes, Mm. until I get what I want, Mm. you know. And fortunately, we are having these discussions now where it's like, if you had to convince someone to say yes, um, it's not a yes. That's such an interesting point. If you have to convince somebody to say yes, Mm. it's not a yes. Mm. Now... We've all been taught that you have to hustle to get what you want. Mm. You have to make your case. You have Mm -hmm. to be persistent. Yeah. So how is, and this is not me challenging you. This is me exploring the topic. Mm -hmm. How is persistence in a sexual situation Mm -hmm. not the same as persistence, say, in a business situation? (laughs) I guess it depends who you're talking to. Okay. (laughs) Um, I I don't think that we should ever need to persist in a sexual context unless it's I'm persisting to have more healthy relationships and healthier boundaries and persisting to enjoy myself more. Um, We've always been taught um, it's flattering to be persisted. Yeah, yeah. To Um, be pursued and to be worn down as flattering. Yeah, absolutely. This thing of, you know, learning new ideas or learning that, okay, this happens to everyone Mm -hmm. online. Is is that what you mean by consciousness raising in your research? Yeah, consciousness raising was uh, or is a term that kind of emerged out of women's liberation. Um, But it has been practiced um, in various iterations before that, Um, like during the civil rights movement it was called telling it like it is but yeah consciousness raising groups of like the 1960s and and 70s uh would see intimate groups of women meeting in private spaces and they would talk about their personal lives and experiences so like everyday sexisms perhaps their sexual relationships the division of domestic labor and child rearing and all of these things then they would find ways to kind of action them and and then these things became political the way that i talk about consciousness raising i guess in my research 
is uh, how we have kind of adopted consciousness raising in a way uh, in online spaces where we will talk about our personal experiences. A lot of us will have, uh, through that sharing, we'll find each other and realize these are shared experiences and then it becomes a political movement something that we action and strive to I guess address in some way what have been some of the most publicly successful forms of consciousness raising online Mm, well I think the hashtag me too um, movement is a big one that's huge like we can't ignore that and I'm like referring specifically to the um, Alyssa Milano tweet that um, I guess that came up maybe two years ago. Yep. And and not the the movement that was founded by Tarana Burke like over ten years ago. Yeah. What was interesting that kind of emerged through the Alyssa Milano tweet, even if you just kind of go and find her thread, the original thread, because she didn't ask people to tell their stories. She asked people to just write hashtag me too if they've ever experienced sexual assault or harassment. I guess it's a, a test to see how many people, because it's trackable, like you can see mm. these hashtags. And then women started telling their stories, you know, this like personal storytelling like emerged um, out of that that is a form of of consciousness raising because women could then see other people's stories, um, participate Mm -hmm. if they so wish, and it gets them thinking. Like it's had an incredible effect on the way we all like think about sexual assault, harassment, consent. Yeah. Our human relationships, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just giving an opportunity for people who have, who know that they were assaulted or Mm. they were discriminated against or they were harassed Mm. but it's also giving an opportunity for people who didn't realize Mm. that what they experienced was harassment and that their feeling of discomfort was valid Mm. yeah i think so many people um didn't realize that whatever happened to them was not okay Mm. um and this in a way yeah i guess (laughs) in a big way empowered people so somewhere this idea has to start. So who are these people who start realizing early on that this isn't right? <laughs> who start listening before everyone else to their voices that say, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Who are these women? Yeah. What, what kind <laughs> they're, of women? They're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But that's got me thinking, uh, I guess that's just kind of reminded me of my privilege in this space as someone who yeah, is a, a researcher who has been given the opportunity uh, to dedicate time to educating myself mm. and how that has afforded me a, a language that a lot of women have not uh, had the same privilege to, mm. to do so. They, um, But, you know, that's not to say that, like, uneducated women don't feel and experience these things Mm. you know um you know and consciousness raising in you got to think like women's liberation like these these were housewives you know women who weren't given the opportunity or the right to um go off and get an education enter the workplace or or anything like that so you know it, it starts from your lived experience and 
a gut feeling yeah. that something is not right. Mm. And I think through community, yeah, we are we're validated and supported enough to come forward and share our stories. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. My consciousness was mm. also developed mm. from from what I read online. Mm. For example, as I said before, like I just thought bad sex that like that's what it was. It was just mm. bad sex. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize the number of ways in which there was inequality in that situation mm. was what I didn't realize at that time. Yeah. Or for example, I knew that it was always um it was always unfair, but I just thought it was a very common part of mm. uh, every person's life to be groped yeah. and molested as a kid by mm. random men. Rite of passage. Yeah, rite yeah. of passage. It just mm. happens. Mm. It happened when you were five years old. It happened when you're 15 years old. Yeah. It happens when you're a married woman walking down the street. Mm. Or in your relationship as a married woman. In your relationship. Mm. Uh, when you tell your family members about this, your mother takes it seriously, your mm. father takes it seriously, but somewhere in the culture there's mm. also an element of um, sort of this becomes a kind of a lewd joke that, mm. you know, so, oh, squeezing somebody's boob, ha, 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 ha. Mm. So, it, so that is so, like, normalized in the culture as an occupational hazard of being a woman. It's, yeah. It embeds itself so deeply mm. in our psyches. Absolutely. And it affects our ability to be intimate and Mm. truly open as a person with our sexual partners. Mm. Well, I think that our media is a good example of that. Like we have been exposed to lewd humor um, like that. And so we mimic that in society, you know, because it's uh, perceived as funny, you know, even we're starting to see, um, even hashtag me too jokes coming out that's making light of a very serious movement. And I guess a lot of people would argue like, you know, this is why we have comedy, you know, like this is, you know, dark humor or or whatever, but it's, um, I I think it's a, a bad sign if we're laughing about this already when we've got so far to go Yeah, with, this movement and and addressing yeah our rape culture and sexual assault harassment yeah um yeah i agree there's a reason why people say too soon too soon that's because it's still being processed by people Mm. people are still trying to come to terms with it so joking publicly about these things really isn't absolutely acceptable i think it comes down to who's telling the joke yeah obviously Rape jokes are never funny, but Margaret Cho, as a victim survivor, makes a case for her ability to tell rape jokes um, in her shows. And I think that that raises an interesting or it's an interesting voice out there um, in that conversation. It's like, can victim survivors be empowered enough and entitled to tell those jokes? Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting questions about who has the right to mm. control what aspect of the narrative. Mm. It's, you know, um, this is kind of the theme of what we were generally talking about of men versus women. So why is the onus of consciousness raising only on the part of women if there are some mm. people out there that are that identify as men and they say, OK, let's let me start raising consciousness about how 
men can be better. Uh, there yeah. are, of course, there are. But mm. um, why isn't that taking up as much speed? Mm. And why isn't that just a strong enough force as women raising consciousness yeah. about crap? Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. I think anyone who is experiencing adversity in any way often have to be uh, the ones that educate the rest of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. that is exhausting. And we're starting yeah. to have um, some acknowledgement around that, about the emotional labor. In this conversation around uh, consent, healthy relationships, rape culture, things like that, it would be great to have more men having some accountability and taking some initiative and responsibility in having these um, necessary conversations with each other and society, uh, broader society. But at the same time, um, I think... (laughs) We're like, you know what? We've heard enough from men too, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's oh, the that's the other them. side. Yeah. yeah, there's the yeah. If so, you hand the mic back to them, they may never give it back to us. Yeah. <laughs> so I I don't know. Yeah. I know it's it's murky waters. If any yeah. men are listening, um, and you agree, um, actually I had a wonderful guest mm. on my last season, uh, yeah. whose name was Mitra. He's a writer from mm. uh, Bangalore, India. Mm. And he is one of those men that's doing a lot of work uh, um, writing about how Mm. the patriarchy affects men, how men can just be better to each other and to women. Yeah. So, yeah, there are some men like that. They do exist. exist. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I think maybe one of the ways in which men can feel less attacked Mm. is if they stop feeling like islands Mm. in a sea full of angry women Mm. and sort of collectively start thinking about how they can be better Uh, and uh, when you're in a group you can of course become a mob but you Mm. could also become a group that finds comfort in knowing that you're all been kind of wrong and you can mm. all change together mm. guilt or fear is assuaged to a large extent when you're together in a group mm. and you sit and talk about these things and you realize you're not the only one that's fucking up yeah people are fucking up all over the place mm. i i think men who have a general consciousness about these issues are, are not the ones that um this message really needs to reach you know they're yeah. already doing good work you know and they are the ones that you know have deep and meaningful friendships and relationships with the women in their lives that is not transaction based they're quite happy to listen and also elevate voices other than their own around them they're not the ones that we need to reach it's men who yeah are, are, are the chorus of not all men yeah, um, yeah, that need to be like, you know what, stop talking about how you're a good guy and actually do the work and show us how you're a good guy. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I watched a short film and I sent you a link as well. I mm. won't um, give it away for people online, but do watch it. It's on a YouTube channel called Terribly Tiny Tales. Uh, it's a Hindi short film, but it has mm. subtitles and it's about... A married couple in which the husband is a loving and attentive partner, but not enough. Mm. And when his wife points out, he gets really angry, but also has this moment of like shock to realize, oh, she's right. I haven't been. 
that is a really nice way for people to show male characters who are receptive mm. and respectful mm. and don't wallow in their own guilt and grief mm. and all and and then become like oh my god i'm so guilty and sad and i feel so attacked right now mm. whereas i'm making efforts and it doesn't compromise their relationship it doesn't compromise yeah. their masculinity or anything like that mm. in your you know in your time teaching family relationships mm-hmm. Have you come across this idea of renegotiating established patterns of behavior in in a in a couple mm. and how between two people? Yeah. Um so I think that consent is something that should be constantly mm. negotiated. And I'll bring it back to Beyonce. (laughs) You know, you will say yes to a series of things in your relationship over time. But if ever there is a moment where you want to say no, that should be okay. Always. And just because you've said yes to something once, it doesn't mean that that is an ongoing yes for all of the other times you know, uh, over the course of your relationship or, you know, future relationships, you know, we do things once that we never want to do again. Yeah. You know, so always being able to have that discussion with your intimate partners, you know, do you want to do this? Are you enjoying this? You know, that, that should be an ongoing conversation. It's not just the one conversation you have at the start of your relationship, Mm. you know, and then you're like, okay, you're up for this, great, we're going to do this for the rest of our lives. Like, no, it's constantly in negotiation. So say somebody goes online and they realize that the way that their partner sees their and the other person's role in the Mm. relationship is now not really, they've never been happy with it, Mm. but now they know why. Yeah. How can somebody go back, for example, to their partner of many years and say, hey, we need to sit down and talk about the power dynamics in our relationship. Mm. And I didn't say anything all of these years because I didn't realize that I wasn't happy with it. But now I've Mm. been on the Internet and a bunch of people are saying this. And now I realize I agree with them. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's so interesting and I think that that would happen for a lot of people and I don't think that there's an easy answer to that because for the individual who is confronted with the fact that they have been unhappy or violated perhaps um, for a long time recovering from that might be very difficult say if we're using um, couples who are either married or have children um the stakes are quite high to end relationships like that. So I would say that the best thing is to call in professionals for a situation like that. If you feel comfortable enough to have an initial conversation with your partner and say, you know, I've been thinking about this thing that we do or Um, my role in the relationship as this, you know, using a lot of I feel language, Mm. (laughs) Um, you know, that's good. But sometimes finding those words, you know, for yourself um, can be really hard. So this is where I like become a real advocate for, you know, professionals like therapists, mediators 
who you can go and have that initial conversation with and be like, look, I've just discovered this, you know, I've been reading a lot about this and, you know, this isn't sitting right with me, but I still love my partner and, you know, I don't want to end this relationship, you know, and, and work, work through that with a professional and then perhaps enter, you know, a mediated um, conversation, Mm. you know, um, with their partner or encourage your partner to seek out that same help and, and perhaps come together as far as like informal conversations, I, I think it is important, yeah, to be able to anyone that you're having a relationship with, you know, sexual or otherwise, you should always be able to uh, speak, you know, from the heart and honestly. Um, but we know that that's not always the case. You mm. know, we know that um, that's a lot easier said than done. And human relationships are complex. Yeah. So again, like it comes back to that consent is in constant negotiation and even if you have had perhaps bad patterns in the past uh it's never too late to try to correct them Mm. yeah yeah i think that's really fantastic advice Mm. brie thank you for coming on my podcast and sharing your experience your research your fantastic ideas thank you i've had lots of like oh movement moments (laughs) today so thank you thank you so much for having me um can you tell the audience the name of your show that's going to come out next year oh your web series oh the web series gosh um yeah so uh writing a web series which hopefully will be released next year um or this year i should say releasing a web series this year called (laughs) what she does um which i have co-written with lani mitchell and I guess you can keep up to date with that um, via Twitter or Instagram. And you can find me at Brie K. Turner. Awesome. <laughs> Everybody go check out Brie K. Turner. Go check out her writings. Go check out her um, web series that's coming out soon. Thank you, Brie. And have a wonderful holiday. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey.